how good has it been already this morning to see Roxanne get baptised? And we've actually prayed a lot already, um, which is, I feel like the sermon's done. We've seen so many different styles and ways of praying, which we're going to take the next seven weeks exploring together. But before I introduce this series, can I just introduce myself as well? I'm James. Uh, I joined the team here in January to um, lead the student work from this church and um, we love the students of Newcastle and Northumbria. So if you're, if you're new, checking us out, maybe you're online looking in, we'd love to say hi to you, especially over these summer months. Do get in touch with us. So when it gets to September again and that academic year starts and we're expecting a double intake of students as those maybe who deferred for you with COVID, we can start on the front foot together, um, really ready and prepared for all that God has in store for us for the next year. So do say hi. We'd love to get in touch with you over the next few months. I'm married to Lucy. Um, We've been married for five years and we've got two kids, Joshua and Florrie, and we are loving the new kids EP. It has been on loop in our house. We're trying to learn the actions. We've got hey, 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 yeah, and you've got to watch out for the chin when the little one's doing it as well because she's really got a good right hook. So um, do listen to the kids EP. It's fantastic. Um, So I'm going to speak now for about 30 minutes. And I'm going to do so with as much enthusiasm as I possibly can as we look about the Lord's Prayer. So so come on this journey with me and then um, we'll look at two points together. Um, One, as we look at this um, teaching that Jesus gives us on prayer in Luke 11, he, he teaches us how to ask God for things, how to pray and ask God. But he also defines what it is to receive from God as well. So those two things will be at play. And look out for two interesting words at the end. Um, which I'm, I'm excited about, come with me on this journey. Um, but as Meg just prayed then, the, the thought hit me. Um, the truth is everybody prays. If you call yourself a Christian or not, people who do not regularly go to church, all sorts of people pray. There's something called 24-7 prayer. They put out some statistics, things like one in four people pray. Uh, even agnostics and atheists admit to praying on occasion. Um, I can remember praying out loud for the first time in front of other people. It's when I was a first-year student. I was actually at Ben's house at Ian Road, and we were kind of gathered in the front room. I'd never really done church in a house before. It'd always been in a Sunday like this, and and I was encouraged to pray out loud in front of people. I was so nervous, but I gave it a go, and I just remember doing it. I survived, and I'm here to tell the story. Praise the Lord. I can remember praying with family members over the phone. And it being, you know, really emotional, quite sad, actually, just praying for a breakthrough that God would come. And I remember praying also in the high moments of life when Lucy was giving birth to our two children. I didn't really know what to pray. So we just found ourselves praying the Lord's Prayer, finding comfort in those familiar words. So what we're going to do as the start of this series on the Lord's um, of prayer that we're going to look at at the seven weeks, I'm going to look at Luke 11, which is Jesus' teaching on the Lord's Prayer. And then over the next six weeks, we're going to take a line at a time, other parts of the Bible, Old and New Testament, as we understand, look to understand prayer together. But before I carry on anymore, as is our practice, we're going to stand and we're going to say a prayer together at the start. We're going to say the Lord's Prayer and it's going to appear on the screen. So if you're, if you're able, would you stand with me? It'll appear on this screen and we're going to say the words of the Lord's Prayer together now. Are we good? Fantastic. Here we go. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Feel free to take a seat. Thank you. So I'm going to read now our Bible passage for today, which is Luke 11. Jesus teaching on prayer. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey's come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake Instead, or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? At the end of reading the Bible, we say, this is the word of the Lord, and the reply is, thanks be to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Fantastic. So opening line of this part of the Bible in Luke 11, we have Jesus's teaching on prayer and it opens with the scene of Jesus. He'd gone to pray. Verse one, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place and his disciples asked him a question. Verse one, again, when he had finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples to pray. And actually last week, Francis, who is on our team, pointed out to us that This is one of the times in the Bible where the disciples, they've asked lots of questions, but this is the one example we have from the disciples where they ask Jesus specifically for help with something. And isn't it interesting that it wasn't to preach? It wasn't to plant churches. It wasn't to how we share our faith. It was Jesus, would you teach us to pray, knowing somehow that this would be the key that unlocks everything of what it means to follow Jesus, aren't we glad that they asked? Aren't we glad that somebody wrote down how Jesus replied to that question? How to speak to God from Jesus, God's own son who'd spent eternity listening to and speaking to his father. So we're gonna be taught how to pray by Jesus. 
And we're going to be looking at speaking and listening, two things that aren't in competition with one another, but two things that make up what it is to be a follower of Jesus, to thrive in the relationship of following God. And actually, as we think about it, speaking and listening are fundamental to any relationship, really. What is it to speak to God? And what is it that we receive in prayer? So they ask, verse one, Lord, teach us to pray. And he replies like this. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father. And I don't know what you think of when you think of the Lord's Prayer. I instantly think of my primary school. I went to a C of E primary school and we were taught to pray the Lord's Prayer from a very young age, off by heart. And I can remember stacking my chairs on the table so the cleaners could get under and we would all just say it very rhythmically without much passion, without much understanding what we were saying. And I just loved the bit where we got to trespasses because when you're a kid, that moment is just pure sweetness, isn't it? Um, so I don't know, it was kind of like the barrier or the marker for the end of the day. It was the divider between like school and then having fun. So that's how I viewed the Lord's Prayer for a very long time. But Jesus intends to use this prayer to teach us something about prayer. It's a short summary to build on. It's not the only prayer in the Bible. In fact, we've said lots of prayers already in church today. And the people asking this question of Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray, were children of Israel. They'd been brought up all their lives praying. In many ways, they had a good grasp on prayer, but they wanted to know from Jesus. They noticed something about the way he prayed. And he said, when you pray, say this, Father. So, first thing about the Lord's Prayer that we can notice together today is that It is simple. The words that Jesus gives us are simple. When you pray, say this. And then he gives them 38 words. And in Luke's Greek, those 38 words are very ordinary words. None of them are complicated. Give us, lead us, forgive us, things that we know. We've made hallowed be your name, quite a technical word in the church, but of the time, of the day, it was a word that would have been common to everybody about holiness, about being set apart. The rest of this prayer talks about a name, a kingdom, bread, sin, everyday things that we'd have come across that people would have known. There are other prayers in the Bible that are more complicated, more grand, more eloquent, that talk about the complexities of God. And just look at the Psalms or look at Colossians 1 that talks about Jesus being the image of the invisible God. But here in the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, it's very simple. And in its simplicity is a profound point. Because here's what I'd love us to consider at the start of our series. Some of us have the idea that unless we can pray grand, free-flowing, spontaneous prayers, then God won't hear us. And that just is not true. And we certainly don't find that in the Bible. Will we allow Jesus to teach us about prayer? And if we've never really known how to pray before, how exciting is this? Do you want to say to Jesus today, teach me to pray? If you do, look how simple he makes it in the Lord's Prayer. Can you say these 38 words? Then you can pray. My three-year-old Joshua can pray in the way that Jesus taught. We say the Lord's Prayer before bed every evening. A three-year-old can pray this prayer. 
so can the student, so can the working professional, so can the stay-at-home parent, and so can the empty nester. The person who's been a Christian for five minutes can pray this prayer, and so can the Christian who's been following Jesus for all of their life. There is no required emotion, no reason to wait for next Sunday, no reason to speak any differently or find a special place. When we pray, say this. And there is a reason prayer can be this simple. It's because it is to our Father. And we're going to unpack this idea as God as Father next week together in more detail. But as we look through the rest of Luke 11, there are just some signposts I want to draw out for this week as well. Verse 5 to verse 13 is fascinating. And we could do talks on them standalone by themselves. So I'm going to try and do them justice. I'm going to go through them with energy and I'm going to go through them very quickly. So you're going to have to come with me. In verses 5 to verse 13, we get two illustrations and two surprising words to finish. So illustration number one, the good friend. Remember the bloke who was knocking on the door late at night asking for three loaves of bread. Well, friend number one has friend number two visiting from far off. So think you're in Newcastle, someone's knocking at the door from Bristol and you've got nothing in. And it's not like they could text ahead and it's not like you can just turn up to the convenience store the next day like batch around the corner and pick up the sweetest croissant you have ever come across in your life. And so we have this crisis story, especially in a culture where hospitality was key and there was a web of social responsibility. Friend number one, has, 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 he has failed and there is a risk that he could be shamed for life. Not just him, but the whole community if they do not welcome the stranger well and, and, and offer hospitality. And so... Friend number one knocks on friend number three's door and says, help me, help me. And there's this little back and forth, which is more about humor, showing us the strength of the friendship to say, look, if we don't do this together, we are going to live with shame for the rest of our lives. And so here's the punchline for us from illustration number one. We are to approach our father like a good friend in our moments of crisis with full assurance that he will be able to provide all that we need. Ask and you will receive. Verse nine. Illustration number two, the good father. This is verses 11 to 12. And this one is a little bit more self-explanatory because it's about a snake and a scorpion. And then... Which of you fathers would give your child a snake or a scorpion if they ask? Here we've got a story of a kid approaching the father and saying, can I have an egg and can I have some bread? Like their favorite food. Think about fish and an egg. Think of the the, the child asking for, I don't know, a packet of Smarties and, and a nectarine. They go down really well in our house. So imagine if I just went, that is a great request, Joshua and Flory. Here's a snake. Here's a scorpion, good luck. We would never do that. They would die if we did that. So again, here's the punchline for us to make an illustration really quick. We are to approach our father like a child who knows with full assurance that what we receive will help us and not harm us. Verse nine tells us 
out of all of this teaching in Luke 11, what Jesus really wants us to do. Ask, seek, and knock. In other words, to speak to his father. And we're not just told what Jesus wants in speaking to his father. We're told in verse two, what to say, the Lord's prayer. When you pray, say this. And this is when it gets really good because God answers the prayer and he gives himself. Verse 13, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Did you notice those two surprising words? Cover up verse 13 for a moment. Pretend we never read it. If we were to ask the question, what is the thing that God will give us that will satisfy all that we need? How would we answer that question? Knowledge and wisdom to understand all the mysteries of the universe, riches, provision from heaven, forgiveness. There are, num- there are a number of good biblical what's that we could maybe think about if we get our heads together. But here is the best bit of Luke 11. A summary of all that I've been trying to unpack so far as as we've considered the Bible together today. Jesus teaches us that we pray to a person, a good father, verse two. And he answers us with a person, his Holy Spirit. Ultimately, the Lord's Prayer is not a prayer of what we need but of who. As we ask for daily bread, God's reply is, I promise to give you the Holy Spirit. As we ask for help in this fight against temptation, God's reply to you and I is, I will give you my Holy Spirit. And I would love us at the start of this series to think about that each time we gather over the next few weeks, as we take a a line of the Lord's Prayer and another part of uh, the Scriptures to consider together from the Old and New Testament, think about it when we talk about our daily bread. Remember God's voice in his reply to that prayer is, I will give you my Holy Spirit. These I think that is amazing. Jesus teaches us that we pray to a person, our good father, and he answers us with a who, a person, his Holy Spirit. And the Lord's Prayer is not a list of things to pray for, but a prayer for a person. That is the big difference about prayer as understood by Christians compared to prayer as understood by every other major religion in the world. The Christian idea of family closeness, of intimacy, of security is near blasphemy in every other worldview and religion in the world. And we've thought about these things over the last few Sundays together as Ben, Lee and Brogan helped us to explore some of the core doctrines in the Christian church as we talked about Ascension and Pentecost and the Trinity And it was radical for Jewish people when Jesus first taught them these words. The relationship that God had with the whole nation now Jesus is making personal to all of us. And still today, among us, 
Christians can find this idea of God as Father and we are children of God near blasphemy. It sounds so presumptuous, doesn't it? So big-headed that God would love me like a child. Not if he knew really what I was like, we might think. But I can't put it any better than the way that Roxy put it when she shared her testimony just before getting baptized, that she would declare that she's so loved, that she's chosen by God and forgiven. That is so true. And that is the Christian view of our relationship with God, of intimacy, of closeness, and of family. A distant God, in many ways, is easier to live with. If the religious system is complicated, if the prayers are demanding, if the fasts themselves are all-consuming, show me how to keep God happy, and I can happily keep God at a distance. But Jesus won't have it. His death on the cross and his rising to new life and his ascension to the Father has removed this barrier between us and God. And this teaching that we have in Luke 11, including that family closeness, that intimacy and that security, we can't approach God like this according to our own nature. We can't conjure it up within ourselves to be children of God who can just access the Father. But the good news is that God has given us a new nature The spirit we've received, as we talked about in those baptism promises, is the spirit of adoption that has brought us about into this family of God. And by this spirit, we cry, Father. It's by the spirit of God we can pray the Lord's Prayer and say, Father, hallowed be your name. And it is the spirit who enables us to become like Jesus and to follow Jesus and to pray like Jesus. And now that we are in Christ, we can relate to God as a father and there is no way back to a distant God. We are in Christ, that is our identity. As we heard about in those baptismal promises that Roxanne shared just a moment ago. That is how we can hear and speak to God in prayer. And baptism is that sign and that seal of that friendship. Jesus won't have us rewrite the relationship in any other way, formal or effortful. None of that is a relationship with the Father that the Son died on the cross to give each and every one of us. So what is a disciple? It is someone who listens to Jesus in his word. And it is someone who speaks to his father in prayer. And Jesus is absolutely, 100%, totally committed to this way of praying. This prayer is what got Jesus killed when he prayed to his father. It was blasphemy to talk about God in this way. In the garden, the night before he was betrayed and went to the cross, He prayed, not my will, but yours. And on the cross, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Jesus teaches us that we pray to a person, our good father, verse two, and he answers us with a person, his Holy Spirit, verse 13. And we're to open our prayers in the spirit and the confidence of a much-loved child with a perfect father. Wherever, whenever, without introduction, through anybody except the Son. And that is the pitfall of most 
books on prayer that we might be able to find online, even in Christian bookshops. Most of it is rooted in the wrong presumption that God wouldn't really want to hear from somebody like me. And so they teach us tactics and techniques on how to pray in order to win God's ear. And that is a load of codswallop. God loves to listen to his children. He does not because of our talent, not because of our technique, but because we are in Christ. When he looks at us, he sees Jesus, who he's spoken to for all of eternity who he's listened to for all of eternity. And so when we pray, come to our Father in the spirit and the manner of a son and daughter who, who believes that their Father has turned his face towards you and is ready to hear. God has given us everything through his Son to give us the certainty that he always wants to hear from somebody like us. Let's pray. Could I invite uh, Lee and Meg up? Would you stand with me? And then um, we're going to pray together now. And then um, just as a way of praying, when it comes to the Lord's Prayer, I think in our day and age, we may have just thrown the baby out with the baptismal water, so to speak, when it comes to the Lord's Prayer, because maybe we've come across it in schools or in churches where we've just routinely prayed it and not really meant it in our hearts. So we've deemed it inauthentic and thought, actually, that needs to go. And we've just bought in wholesale to free-flowing, spontaneous prayer. And there is a time and a place for that. But for those of us over the next few weeks who just feel a stirring again to look at this life-giving, rhythmic model that Jesus teaches us to pray, could I just pray for those people? And then if the band want to come up too, and then Lee and Meg, however you want to lead us as well in response. But let me just pray for those of us who actually, maybe for the first time, you're considering using this prayer again as a model. Let me just pray. Jesus, thank you that in Luke 11, we have the very words of Jesus teaching us to pray. And Father, as we look at the Lord's Prayer, would you breathe not just new life into it, but into us as we pray. And whatever our experiences of God, would we today know that we are much loved children, that you are the good friend and that you are the good father and that you want to give us your Holy Spirit. Amen.